One Big Win, Moments in Motion to Mastery is a podcast about earning your big win by recognizing moments as opportunities and putting them into motion towards your own personal mastery. With One Big Win, the goal is not just to have another interview podcast. It's to bring value for each listener with every episode. One Big Win, Moments in Motion to Mastery. What is happening, everybody? Larry Roberts, your host of the One Big Win podcast, where we do take those moments and put them into motion and hopefully take one step closer to our own personal life mastery. Thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate each and every one of you giving me your ears, giving me your time, and allowing me to talk to you while you're listening. And it's just, it's tremendous to have listeners like yourself out there. So thank you once again. Today, I've got a really, really awesome guest. And I always have awesome guests, but we're going to go really, really awesome here today, okay? We're going getting really crazy. It, her name is Karen Love Lee. I believe it's Karen Lee, but we add a little love in the middle. And she has a tremendous story of, well, it's, it's a tremendous story of tragedy to triumph, honestly, dealing with a double suicide scenario. She is an anti-suicide advocate. I think this story is very, very critical. At this particular time, especially with COVID happening and we're seeing suicide rates increase. Now we're on the holidays, which is the hottest time for suicides to take place. A lot of folks get lonely during these times, end up taking their own lives. And Karen, her mission is to stop people from doing that and to help them find fulfillment in their lives. So with no further ado, Karen Love Lee, thank you for coming to the show. Thank you, Larry. Wow, you are amazing. And uh, I'm already moved. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. And that, you know, that's kind of the goal. And when I saw who you were and your story, I said, man, this is, this is going to take place at such an opportune time. Mm. And it's such a critical topic mm. that I just had to have you on the show. So this is going to be really good. And I'm looking forward to hearing your story and sharing your story with my audience. Yes. Well, at this point in my life, I make suicide light now, but my whole life, I had a deep, deep depression, suicidal tendencies, very fatalistic. It's like, you know, I always had that little death card in my pocket. But on the outside, I looked good. You know, I looked like life was good. But on the inside, as time went on, it got worse and worse and worse, darker and deeper. And it created this low-grade chronic depression that went completely undetected by all of my therapists and, and counselors. So, you know, it's amazing I'm alive today. That's all I can tell you is it's a, a, a miracle. Like technically, I should have been dead a long time ago, either by my own hand or doing something crazy because I just had no fear. No, I, I can totally relate. And mm. a lot of my listeners already know my story. I'm not going to get into it because it's your story today. But I, I was on the verge of death roughly seven years ago. And I reached out for help at the very last moment because I had found myself an alcoholic. Mm. And I was in dire straits. I'm dire straits. Yeah. I called a good friend of mine. I had a moment of clarity, reached out. He went straight into action. Next thing you know, he's here. My wife's here. And they're whisking me away to rehab. And thankfully, with their efforts and the efforts of the folks at the facility, I made a full recovery. And now I'm here today mm -hmm. to tell stories like yours and tell stories like mine to help others understand there are opportunities for turning things around. There are opportunities for you to realize that living is your best option. Yes. 
tell me more about your story and how it came to be. Okay, let's see. Well, it starts everything. I believe our genius, our brilliance, but our darkest, deepest demons start out in childhood. And so for me, I can tell you, you know, even in utero, it was dark, no pun intended. It, you know, my mother came from the death of my brother before I was born. He died of the crib death. So you can mm. only imagine she's and the doctor at that time told her, go not go to therapy. Don't get help with this. Don't mourn the loss and grieve. He said, go get pregnant. And that's what he mm. told her to do. She immediately did that. And voila, here I am. But she's still depressed. She's still distraught. She doesn't even know it. She thinks a new baby's going to help her. Well, I took on all of her pain, all of her darkness, all of her, her cognitive dissonance, all of her disconnects of not understanding, you know, the who, what, when, where, and why. And then mm-hmm. cut to I'm born and I'm a baby who n- cries all the time. She told me I cried every day at the same time of day which is really weird. Yeah. And also I was a baby who didn't want to eat. So these are okay. Today, these are symptoms of mental unrest to not want to eat. We're dealing with anorexia nervosa. We're dealing with bulimia. Like I, I understand your alcoholism. I understand addiction. It's my whole jam and all these things, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I just came out depressed. I came out sad. I came out questioning. And then I have this um, knowing, this very keen sixth sense and intuition at a very young age, something wasn't right. Like I definitely questioned my the meaning of my life. Like why was I here around nine years old? It started wow. at nine when I'm thinking, and I said this to myself, it was my quote unquote life sentence. You know, I saw we work, we're unhappy, and then we die. And I'm nine years old, upper middle class family back east. We come from everything. Ivy League schools on my dad's side, a great life, beautiful house, beautiful home. And I'm thinking life is stupid. It's futile. It makes no sense to me. Why am I here? So that's where it all originated. And I couldn't connect the dots. I couldn't. I had no answers. I wanted answers. I'm extremely analytical and I needed someone to answer every question I had about life. And as time went on, it got worse and worse and worse. But here's the kicker. At six years old, the my deceased sister who died in 2006, she's about to be born. And I am devastated. And I'm playing with a toy at the foot of my mother's bed. She's pregnant knitting. My older brother walks in and says, Karen, mom's leaving for the hospital to have the baby. In that moment, Larry, boom, that's when I said to myself, oh, no, I'll never have a chance to be noticed. And then that turned into, let me try and figure this out. My best friend's mother says, go up the street to the neighbor's garage sale, buy something for your mom at the hospital and bring it to her at the hospital for the baby. And I said, okay, I did this. I'm six years old. I don't know where I get the money. It's like a scene in a movie. Buy the little vase with flowers, cut to the hospital. And there I am. Here's my shining moment, Larry. Here is the pivotal moment to finally be noticed by my mother. And I hand her the the little vase with the flowers in it. She says absolutely nothing, puts it up on the hospital bed table. 
And that was the moment I became an addict and I became Mm. a recovering perfectionist overachiever addict. And it's the same wiring in the brain. It might as well have been, well, I had all sorts of crazy socially accepted addictions over exercise, um, overachievement. I mean, but my first drug of choice, overachievement. And I've talked Mm -hmm. to neuroscientists, studied with them. It's the same wiring in the brain. So this is where it all started is to cover up the gross, deep-seated, disturbing inner pain that I had of feeling completely insignificant, not loved by my mother, and questioning my existence. You see this? I had to figure out a way to put a Band-Aid on it and to try to mask it and fix it. And I figured, and I said to myself, clear as day, now I have to be perfect to be noticed. Six years old, I said that verbatim. And that gets hardwired into the brain and it goes subconscious to the unconscious. And it's now my driving force. Does this make sense to you? More sense than it probably should. Mm. For many, many, many years, and, and even still at times today, I struggle with it. I'm addicted to depression. <laughs> yes. Bingo. I grew up in a trailer, mm. went to a private school that was paid for by my grandmother. So I had this interesting dichotomy that I was in between the whole time. I was going to a private school, which is where all the, you know, all the rich kids go. I grew up in a trailer park mm-hmm. down the street from the private school mm-hmm. in probably the crappiest trailer in the park. Ugh. I mean, we didn't even have one with shingles. It was just a metal roof type trailer, mm. right? So I'm sitting here doing the same thing. My stepdad is a complete idiot. Mm-hmm. I grew up with extreme violence in the household, daily, weekly violence. It's guaranteed on Sundays. If we go to Sunday school and we go to church, we're going to come home and it is going to be violence from 1230 when we get to the house until he gets tired or he's destroyed everything in the house yet again. So I'm sitting there myself doing the same thing, trying to figure out what is life all about? Mm -hmm. This is horrible. This is the worst thing. Why am I here? This is just stupid. Yeah. Now, going to a Christian school, I had an opportunity to look at things from a religious perspective. But I was always torn because I was also looking at things from a reality perspective. And some of the Christian faith didn't quite jive for me at that age. Mm -hmm. So I was lost there. I did the church thing for a while. And I'm not uh, like against God or anything like that. But I turned away from the church, organized church Mm -hmm. religion. Yep. I, I, I turned away in 1988. And I'll tell you why I know it's that day or that year. Because we had a pastor in the church that was connected to the school. And I also went to the church in the evenings because my friends did that I went to school with. So to be with my friends, I would go to church. The whole year of 87, he preached on this one tract, which is, is, is it's this little book. If you don't know what a tract is, no. folks, it's just almost like a little comic book, like a Christian comic mm. book. There was a story there, and it was tied into 88 reasons why the rapture is going to take place in 1988. <sighs> so I'm 15 years old. Ooh. I'm sucked in. I find myself at the mall. I'm witnessing. I'm just walking up to strangers that are shopping going, hey, do you know that Lord? I, I just, you know, almost like a Jehovah's Witness, but probably worse. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm, I'm everywhere. I'm not just knocking on your front door. Right. And then guess what? 88 came. 89 came. Mm-hmm. 90. Yep. Here we are. You know, it's, it's, it never happened. That's right. Now, that's, that's not to say it won't. Right. I don't, I'm not knocking that belief structure. Right. For me at the time that I was programmed to believe it was going to happen, it didn't. So once again, I'm let down in life. I'm going, okay, I can't even depend on this stuff. Yeah. So what can I depend on? To this day, my wife refuses 
whenever I get depressed, I love wallowing in it by listening to Pink Floyd. <laughs> I, I want to be Pink even Floyd. more depressed. Okay. Uh, exactly. Well, see, it's, you, then you can relate. Yes. And I'm not allowed to listen to Pink Floyd oh. <laughs> because my wife knows if she hears me listening to Floyd, she knows something's up yep. and she's not going to allow that to happen. Wow. So she intervenes and she has a no Floyd rule. So, oh. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I can definitely relate to it. I can definitely remember living it as well. Yes. I always wanted to be a perfectionist as well. I, I finally woke up in school around my sophomore year, started doing extremely well there. I've been a martial artist for 25, 26 years. All I wanted to be was to be able to fight. I just wanted to be able to fight to counter that violence that I grew exactly. up with. There was nothing I could do there. And, and eventually my stepdad and I, we did, we did scrap and things changed after that. Hmm. It was too late. Yeah. You know, we didn't scrap till I was like 18, 19 years old. And I'd already had this whole, he came around when I was a year and a half. So, and I was born into an abusive and alcoholic relationship. My father was an alcoholic and just a complete worthless ball of flesh. Mm -hmm. And so I never had any kind of stability, even in the womb. I was there with you exactly. in that dark spot, getting pre-programmed yes. before I even came into the world yes. that, hey, the world's a shitty place. Yeah. And guess what? You get to join it. Yay. <laughs> so it was a terrible experience, yeah. but we have to find a way to get out of that instead right. of wallowing in that. And I feel like I have, mm -hmm. with the help of my wife and the help of a strong support system. Yes. Tell me how you pulled yourself up out of it. Okay, so I've been in and out of therapy my entire life. I've been closet psychologist type. I was obsessed with the human psyche as a kid, but I never got the answers. So I kept searching and seeking. I was into self-development. I asked everybody I knew. I studied things. And then finally... What happened was the death of my sister, two and a half years later, that was it. I was, I was ready to pull the trigger on myself. And I said, mm. I, because I couldn't handle the failure of not being able to save her life, thinking that I had the power to save her life, which that's also a lie, is that I right. have no power to save anybody's life. I only have the power to empower a human to choose to live. And so... Finally, I couldn't stand it anymore. I could care less. I stopped working in real estate. I let everything go. And I did one last hurrah of a charity event. At that charity event, my friend, nobody knew that after this event, I was dead. I was out of there. Okay. And I was going to take my own life. But that night, divine intervention, a friend of mine whom I hadn't seen in a long time, always came to my charity events. He said, Karen, look what you've done here on a zero budget. Cause he knew I had to pull off this U S Marines toys for tots. I had no budget. I stopped working. He saw the spark in my eye gone. And I'm a very sparky kind of person when I'm, I've, I've picked up on that. Yeah. <laughs> when it's good, you know, yeah. but a lot of that was a mask, but anyway, the spark had gone. He noticed, he pulled me aside that night. He said, Karen, listen, Imagine if you had done this coming from your fullest potential. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And I'm looking down and walking. He goes, I don't want to contribute to the world. I know you do. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to contribute to you to help you contribute to the world. And that's what re-sparked that little bit of hope. And, and that's what got me. It was that he saw in me the thing that I knew was part of life that I was searching for desperately. Okay. And this right. is 2008. He goes, I want to put you in this seminar, life coaching seminar. And I'm like, okay, hey, yeah, right. Whatever. All I knew was, wait a minute, maybe there's hope. And I said, I gracefully accept, but I had no intentions really of going to the seminar. 
And okay. I try to put it off and put it off. But boom, I went to this seminar with like 300 people. I learned what it is to be human. What completely changed my life was not just talking about my issues and going back a little bit to childhood. It was understanding the devious default mechanisms of the human brain is understanding basic neuroscience and how the brain is programmed and everything lit up like a light bulb. And that's what saved my life was understanding that the fear mechanism and the subconscious mind and the unconscious mind plays tricks on us. And I figured out also the who, what, when, where, and how this happened and used every experience in my own life to put all the pieces of the puzzle together to realize, oh my God, I am the geek squad for the human brain now. And I know how (laughs) to get out of the matrix and to stay out of the matrix. That's what saved my life. And that's what healed the depression. How do you help others realize that? How do you help others realize, hey, if I take the red pill or the blue pill, the results are essentially going to be the same. How do I get out of the matrix and how do I find myself and, and be able to take the action necessary to pull myself up out of the depression, out of the just the loss of interest in life and turn things around? Yeah. So what we do one on one, we talk and we dig deep and we go back to childhood zero to 19 years old. And we find every single virus that was downloaded and installed from zero to 19 Mm. and we get rid of them, search and destroy. Mm. And it's, this is a thing that saved my life. Not only saved my life, Larry, gave me the will to live, the will to not want to take myself out, to kill myself or to be killed by running around, you know, drinking too much, riding my horse, a little too drunk, right? Driving cars fast, I'm like, I have a need for speed. That's the kind of girl I was, you know, need for speed. The faster, the better. Let's go, you know, roller coaster, blah, blah, blah. And I'm living my life this way. It's a miracle that I didn't die in a car crash. Or I'm going to say it, be chopped up in little pieces and thrown in the river in baggies. Like, seriously. Like, if I look back, it's like that scary and that real. And so, you know, it is brutal. But if you look at some of the people that are known for doing things like that, if you if you if you look at comedians, if you look at high performing athletes, if you look at especially those that race cars, I mean, look at Paul Walker from the the Uh, Fast and Furious series. Where did he go? He he, he passed away in a car wreck. He was going fast and he was with someone that didn't know how to drive that fast. They lost control. Boom. He's gone. Yeah. That kind of living, but you have to look at those because, especially from a com- comedy perspective, right? I don't know a single comedian that doesn't have some sort of damaged psyche. <laughs> I- I'm serious. No, I, I mean, I'm. Ha- I don't know if you know I, this. I did stand up comedy at the at the comedy oh. store in Hollywood. You know. Oh my god! I, right. Oh, that that is so crazy because the comedy store is my mecca. Is it? I want. Oh, hundred percent. Oh. I performed at the Improv. The Improv, as far as I've gotten here in Dallas. Yeah. I would give a finger to perform on the comedy store stage, even just to go and to absorb all of the emotion and all of the spirits that are there. It's just sounds cheesy as hell, but it's not. It is my Mecca. It it is. So uh, it's, it's, that's very awesome that you, that you, that you did that. That's so cool. I suddenly like you even a lot more. (laughs) Well, do you understand? I had the, Oh yeah. I had the brain damage, so to speak. And, and, and the problems and the addiction issues that, Brings a person right to stand-up comedy. 
Yeah, a hundred percent. A comic. Hundred percent. Yep. Yes. There I am. Look at Robin Williams, yes. one of the greatest comedic minds of all yes. time. Oh, he took his own life. Tragic. And he was he was perpetually sad. Yes. And and in some of his roles, you could see that yes. sadness. Yes. You could feel that, and that's what made him so great because he had an understanding of what it was that he was portraying. Yeah. And Genius. then you see that he takes his own life. It's, yeah. it's, so it's the very thing that creates this genius is the very thing that is trying to mask the pain that's killing us. Mm -hmm. And that was exactly me. You know, on the outside, it looked like I had it all together. On the inside, as time went on, it got worse and worse. And the more I succeeded, the more I overachieved, the more I quote unquote, felt I had my life together based on circumstances and external conditions, the darker and more depressed and lonely, lonelier I became. So I call it the celebrities, the suicide celebrity syndrome, you know, these celebrities that have it all on the outside. And then one day they're gone and they take yeah. their own life. Heath Ledger, yeah. Um, yeah. Glee, you know, these things are so tragic. Well, Robin Williams, you know, it goes on and on and on understanding bridging the gap between the cause the root cause untreated depression is the number one cause of suicide and the neuronal patterning so pink floyd the reason why you can't listen to that is because you have all negative disempowered tragic associations to the music mm -hmm. and you're addicted to it the brain once a neural connection is formed it's an all or nothing phenomenon and it becomes an addiction Found Pink Floyd my my sophomore year in high school. Yeah, and it instantly. And yep. I I was a break dancer. Okay, I'm listening to hip hop and break dance yes. music all the time. I came into contact. I started dating this girl, and she was a Pink Floyd fanatic. Ugh. And she introduced me to Floyd, and my life it changed my life yes. because from that point forward, I was a Floyd. I mean, everything. Yes, everything was Pink Floyd. I was just obsessed, and it stayed that way up until man. I'll say I've been married twenty ish years, twenty one years, something <laughs> you like better that. Know that uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I know the date that it happened, but I don't know about the year. So yeah. I was, happy anniversary, honey. It's another good one. But <laughs> but it, it's it's up until just, I don't know, we'll say when I got uh, sober, something like that. Yeah. She started, she put in the rule in place. No Pink Floyd. Yeah. Now, I, I kind of cheated a, about a month or so ago because I had a member of Pink Floyd on yes, my podcast. I saw that. So I was like, oh, snap. This, I'm like, maybe I can't pass this up. Oh. This is too cool. So... <laughs> You had to. And you know what? I saw that. I mean, Pink Floyd, like, listen, the music alone is so genius. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. But I just yeah. want you, you know, I just wanted to share with you whenever we have the nostalgia, you know, the music tied to the experience. Right. And that's what that is all about. We can undo that from my point of view, because that's what I do as I help to. It's interesting. You that. said we can undo it. Yeah. You say we can undo it, and I instantly felt a twinge in my gut of, I don't really want to. Right, and no, you don't have to. It's you scared me because I'm like, oh my, whoa, whoa, whoa! I can't, I can't let that go. I can't let that that, that connection go. Exactly. It feels so good because it feels so bad. Yes, you with yeah, me? Yeah, I'm totally with you. I feel you. I've lived it. Okay, so yes. so this is exactly the hurt. So good is we think. See, the brain tricks us to think it's real. So you actually think it's real and you have so much invested into it. It's like cutting off your right arm. Like, mm -hmm. wait, I kind of want to keep that arm. I kind of need that, you know, definitely want it because then there'll be symmetry here with the body, you know? <laughs> right. Yep. So that's exactly 
what do you call that? It's like um, a catch 22. Right. And right. I come up against that with clients all the time. I want out. I want out of the matrix. I want to stay out of the matrix. I start to get my clients out of the matrix and they're like, the brain says no to family familiar to yeah, what 100%. you have known get back here and it will reset and bring us right back. And that's what you're saying consciously. I mean, you're saying it consciously, but what's really happening behind the scenes unconsciously Mm -hmm. is this is all I know. This is, you're actually unconsciously competent at those patterns. And to take it away is like losing something that you think you still need. As an example to the direct opposite, yes. you know, again, not supposed to listen to Pink Floyd, had a big life event that just took place this week. I put in my notice with my 21-year career at the same company, Wow. put in my notice of resignation slash retirement. Come January 4th, I am a podcaster and marketing coach full-time. So I'm very excited about that, very stoked. Also very freaking scared. Yes! And so get this, the wife doesn't know, but she can probably hear me because she's working in the other room, but hopefully she can't. But I actually, the fear was so strong to make this decision that I felt like I needed to do the whole Floyd thing. Yes. So I'm sitting there, I'm still at the office a few days a week, and I'm sitting there at the office and used to, I could listen to Floyd and man, I could just bring myself down into tears. All I had to do was listen to a couple of songs and relive some memories and the waterworks would come on. Mm Mm-hmm. I can't turn them on anymore. They're not that they're not they weren't there. Mm. I didn't get the same experience. Yeah. I didn't get the same well, the same level of depression or the same level of fulfillment from being depressed. Right. I damn sure couldn't turn on any tears. So it was like, wow, am I is life really has it really reached the point of being so good that I've broken that connection? I don't oh, know. Well, no, here's what's happening from what I from my experiences and what from what I've studied is because you are consciously working on this, do you see this? Mm-hmm. The conscious mind is a savior. It knows better than the default unconscious subconscious mind. So are you following me? Is that, I'm following you 100%. Yeah, yeah. That you now know better. The jig is up. Yeah. And you have yeah. new resources and tools and everything you've been doing in your own self-development, self-improvement, right? Self-mastery, I call it. Sure. Is, is elevating your consciousness. That's all we're doing is becoming more conscious and aware. And that wow. now starts to trump the old, what you have known, bad habits. Yes. And now to really heal it, all we do is continue to strengthen the new neuronal patterns, the new associations, the new what is working. And then right. over time, the only way to get rid of the old ones is they start to become distant, faint memories. And it this is where the only way is to have those wires become softer as you're hardening the new wiring. Does that make sense? Yes, yes, So that's yes. how we do it. And that's what's happening with you. So congratulations. This is amazing. Well, thanks. Uh, it's, it's, it's an interesting journey. Yeah. And it, uh, there's a lot of things that's happened over this last seven years that I never thought I would see. Bingo. And, and and so much of it is a a redevelopment of of strength. Yes, you know the the time in my life where I was the strongest yeah. was when I, I was I was doing karate full time. I was fighting. I was breaking concrete, and I was at this mental state that was just is the highest I've ever been, mm. and I felt invincible. Yes. Probably wasn't. Definitely could have done the whole chop 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 thing for me, 
But because uh, <laughs> I didn't care back then either, you know, I didn't care who you were or what you were. I'm the cat daddy and I got all the answers and I can kick <laughs> your right. ass too. So that's how it was back then. Yeah. But I, having that mental high was tremendous. Having that level of confidence was tremendous. Yeah. But I lost it. It was fleeting. Yep. It escaped. And you know what? what? To this day, I've never recaptured that. Ah, that's another. I've never, I've never felt that level of, of, of badassery yeah. since then. Okay. And that's, that can all be brought back and better, believe it or not. Bring it. A lot of that. <laughs> a lot of, <laughs> Bring it. So, yeah, oh, my God. You look like a kid in the candy store. It's training, though. It's brain training. It's uh, mindfulness. It's evolving our consciousness. You can totally get that back. And I, I only know through experience. I never thought I'd ever want to continue living. I am so far exceeded that that I'm blown away. Truth be told. At that time, it was a temporary high, it was a temporary fix, what you were mm -hmm. doing. And it didn't, you weren't able to really create the healthy ties to the, in the neuronal patterning. And so it never stuck, so to speak. Yeah, no, no doubt about it, because I was also the biggest butthead you'd ever met That's in right. your that life your during ego. that period. Overcompensating. I was, oh, I was so egotistical. Yeah. I was such a bad person. Yeah. I didn't care about anybody but old Lair. That's right. If you didn't like it, Par for the tough course. shit. That's how it is, man. Yeah, yeah you know. So I, although I like where I was mentally, yeah. I don't like the person right. that was there. Yeah. So I, I don't ever want that person back, right. but I want that feeling yes. of, of, of empowered yes. invincibility. It's just tremendous. Once you experience it, man, I'm telling you, folks, it, once you experience that level of thought and that level of existence, it's it's, it's it's almost like a drug. It's euphoric. You just, it's okay, Larry, you just yes. nailed it. It's the real drug we're all searching for that we don't. I call it the organic drug is everything we use, whether alcohol, pod, uh, overachievement, right? I even was tanning salon. I mean, I was like so ridiculous. Like seriously, that was an addiction. Over shopping, blah, blah, blah. Mine was too. I, I lived in the tanning bed. Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, I was dark. Boy. Yeah. I changed ethnicities. You didn't even know. Didn't, <laughs> I just, I lived there, man. But it was you crazy. You have to, right? It, it, right? Yeah. It's part of the whole persona. It's yeah, part exactly. of the whole 100%. persona. Yeah. Right? But, yep. So we can absolutely take that new, the best part of what you want, but we have to train for it and leave the other crap behind. See, the reason why you couldn't replicate it is because you haven't separated the the good from the bad part of that does that make sense yeah yeah 100%, but sure. we can go back and retrain for it it'll take everything you got but you got it to give and it's worth it i'll tell you it is that's so all you, yeah freaking worth it i know exactly what you're saying is we want the organic high and the euphoric feeling with no external substances just in the power of of thought and perceptions does that make sense? And yes, ma'am. Sure does. I want, look, I only teach this because people asked me to teach them because I was right. only concerned about being masterful for myself and my own life. Because if I don't do this, it could go completely the other way, Larry, right? It could go completely to the death card prematurely. 
Oh, it, I mean, for me, I, I was right there. Yeah. I did the same thing. Yeah. I, I went from the highest of highs yeah. to literally the lowest of lows. But when I reached out for help, I had been in a in an alcoholic haze for two weeks. Yeah. I had missed two weeks worth of work, and all I did was sit on my couch and take in gin. That's it. Wow. And I would I would occasionally try to drink one of those special K morning drinks. Yeah. But that didn't didn't work out very well because that doesn't mix too good with gin. Right. And nothing would stay down. But I don't think I had changed clothes in two mm-hmm. weeks. I don't know if I'd even had a shower. I was. Just, I'm not bragging. No. Okay. I know. Everybody, don't don't don't. don't. You, like deep down, not, you were were, were you all, sitting there waiting? You were waiting. Uh, yeah. Right? All Am I, I still all waiting? I wanted to do. You were trying to kill yeah. yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. There's no doubt yeah. about it. There's no yeah. doubt about it. And it was such a. I don't even know how to explain it. It was such totally a it. such just an evil experience. Yes. Just a you were possessed. It's like the demons were winning. Yes. It's like I was just I was being torn apart. Yes. But I couldn't stop myself from continuing down that spiral until that one day when I knew I, I guess it's the reality of the fact that he goes, Hey dude, my body's like, we're not playing no more. Yeah. Okay. We're not we're not daydreaming about suicide. We're not daydreaming about dying. Guess what, bro? If you don't do something right now, you won't see tomorrow. Right. And that clarity gave me just enough time to make the phone call. Exactly. It was that level of consciousness, that spark yeah. of hope. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Doesn't it yes. amaze you? Doesn't it amaze you that you even came to that drinking for two weeks oh. straight? How was your brain I, I, able to even Exactly. That is the stumper of all stumpers. I have no idea. Right. I can't. I've thought about it and thought about it and thought. How did I have that? Yeah. Was it divine intervention? Yes. Was it a miracle? Yes. Does God have a different plan for me that I didn't know about at the time? I don't know what it was other than it was a, a fight or flight type of response. And it was time to fight because yep. if not, we were going to take flight. Right. That's just that's just all there was to it. But yeah, I, I honestly cannot because it's almost like I was sober. Yes. Yes. Because I don't even remember. I remember making the call yeah. clearly. Yep. I remember being on the phone crying, Kenny, I need help. I've got to have help. I'm not going to make it. After I hung up the phone, it's blank. Yeah. I have no memory. Yeah. They tell me, my wife and Kenny says that I did at least five more shots after I made the oh phone call God. before I would leave the house. They couldn't get me out of the house. Oh, my God. They said I drank more and, and I got to the rehab center and I was so far gone that they had to send me to the hospital. Oh, because they God. couldn't stabilize me. So I, I remember the call, yeah. but I don't remember anything else for about a week. Yeah. When I woke up in the in the detox room of, of the of the facility. So it's uh, yeah, oh, it's OK. So I believe divine intervention, everything you said. And sometimes science yeah. can explain certain things. But there's also yeah. the little component of just how powerful the conscious mind is. Mm-hmm. The inner voices in our head. Whatever you want to say, there's, and it, you know, it's, it's in here. So it doesn't right. matter. Thank God you yeah, listened to the yeah. damn voice, right? Right. And <laughs> I you made the call. The phone yeah. And you made the call. Yeah. You're amazing. I have the opportunity to talk to you. You can relate a hundred percent to what I'm saying. Absolutely. I can relate to exactly to what you're saying as well. How can others find out more about what you provide, the services you provide, and how can we help them take one more step to another day? Okay, so I, I have my podcast, The Power of Self-Evolution, and I'm on okay. season four right now. I've been hosting for the past four and a half years, and now I'm becoming a guest, which is really exciting. But go and listen to all my freaking podcasts. 
because it's all right there. And you can actually see in season one, two, three, and four, how I'm still evolving. So I started in suicide because that's my jam, you know, right. And right. through that came the will to live through that came the bucket list, the comedy came, you know, I'm just keep evolving. Right. So right. for free or the cost of your internet, you can have everything right there. I actually coach people live. I mean, you know, it was live unscripted and then recorded, but you'll actually hear real life coaching my oh, story. Wow. Okay. Uh, and, and through that, I put piece together the disconnects and my hashtag empowering you through us. So in sharing my stories and my guest stories that are very similar to you, you know, that have your story to share, we can actually empower the next person because what we really need more than anything is the relatability is to not sure. feel alone. And that if you could come from your circumstances, Larry, and be sitting here today and leave your job after 21 years to make a difference for your own life, your family's life, and for other people, if you can do it, anybody can do it. I also say me, I had no visible domestic violence. I had no sexual abuse. You know, my fam- my parents did, my sister did. I didn't have any logical excuses to want to die at all. Like it made no sense. That's why my case, I feel, was very, very difficult. I'm like my own worst case study because I had mm-hmm. no, you know, you could never say, oh yeah, I understand, you know, right. there's nothing to understand. Everything looked perfect. Ha <laughs> right? But so far <laughs> from it, right? So that- Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's okay. very- Yeah, so they, my podcast, yeah. Power Self Evolution, syndicated on all the biggies, Amazon Audibles, you know, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. And then I do, so right now, I'm also evolving into not just helping people choose life, but choose a life that they never imagined or could even comprehend is even possible. And in these times with COVID, with the political climate, with everything that's happening in the world right now, and it's a little creepy, okay? I am teaching people how to prosper through passion and, you know, magnetize prosperity and actually through understanding your genius and your passions deep-seated also in childhood, by the way, we can become entrepreneurs and prosper beyond belief in every area of life. And I'm talking romance, sex, love, relationships, a career, but I'm talking money. I'm talking financial wealth. So that's all there on the podcast. And now I came out with selfevolutionpodcast.com forward slash gift. So you get a free digital gift and sign up for my email and I'm now teaching people and giving everyone all the secrets and everything that worked for me to magnetize prosperity. So does that answer awesome. the question? Yikes. Or was that awesome. too much? <laughs> no, it's never too much. Okay. And if it was too much, I wouldn't have any listeners because uh, sometimes I'm a little too much. <laughs> okay. But, <laughs> Great. But Thank it, you. it's awesome. Thank you. Thank you for the free gift. Yeah. Thank you for pointing us in the right direction. I mean, is it literally can save lives. Yes. And that is your goal. That's my goal. Yes. And if we can help one person, it's it's all worth it. So folks, reach out if you have yes, to. If, if you feel a need to, reach out to me. Yes. Reach out to Karen. Yes. Either one of us would be more than happy to talk to you. 
and try to give you the support that you need. And we will give you support. Yes. Hopefully we can be, we'll be able to, I don't consider myself a professional in this arena at all. And I will point you in the right direction. That's right. But I'll get you through the moment. Yes. Then we'll point you in the right direction and get you some professional help. So don't hesitate to reach out. Karen, thank you so much for joining me today. It was tremendous. Oh, thank you, Larry. I, I had such fun and I'm, I, I was very scared, you know, to do this whole guest pot. It's easy for me to be the host, you know. So thank right, you right. for making me feel so comfortable and for being so amazing and funny That's and cool. fun and light. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shoot, you're wearing your hat. I always wear baseball caps. And I so I was like, oh, I'm going to wear my cap. And I'm like, well, you better not, you know. But you got to be professional. I know. Blop, blop, blop. No, I mean, I'm I'm kicking back, man. I'm just having a good time. I want my guests to have a good time. I want my listeners to have a good time. That's what it's all about. And I'm definitely not stuffy at all. So uh, thank you. You were a great guest. You have a great future ahead as far as guesting. And if there's anything I can ever do for you, please don't hesitate to hit me up. Oh, I absolutely will. And if anyone wants to just email me uh, personally, Karen Lovely at Gmail. If I can answer any questions about suicide or depression or anything of that sort, I am more than happy to address that and even get on the phone and and talk one-on-one with whomever is struggling. You know, I'm here because that's, that's, I know what that's about and I'm here to support and empower people that can relate. So thank you. Awesome. I love your cause. Thanks so much, Karen. You're amazing. You're awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate it once again. Hey, everybody. This is Larry Roberts, your host for the One Big Win Podcast. I don't know what show this is, but uh, if you would, head out there and subscribe to it. That would be awesome. Just pick any show and just hit subscribe. Uh, It doesn't matter. No, it does matter. Go out there and subscribe to the One Big Win Podcast. Uh, Again, you can find me everywhere that you find your favorite podcast. So I look forward to hearing from you, and I look forward to talking to you again next week. See you there. Bye.